There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all the shirts all sparkly, spanking clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. Music, wine, and then blue bump. The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I've imagined your pants. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another week here at By the By. Hello, everyone. How are we? Good. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Fantastic on this 300th episode. 300 episodes. It doesn't seem like it's been so long. And at times it feels like it might have been longer. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not the people out there listening to every episode. That's you. And thank you very, 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 I could go on and on much for sticking with us for all these episodes. Yeah, and especially those of you who have either been with us from the beginning or who have gone back to the beginning to listen and you've suffered through all of the bad quality and been and a lot of ups and downs. We've, yeah, there, we've been there, but we've that's all right. We've gotten here in the end. Yeah, we now have quality equipment, which is nice. So well, like we always say, go back and skip our first 30 episodes. <laughs> yep, yep. We've come a really long way since the beginning. Yes. And we weren't sure if anybody was even going to listen. Yes. And now we have a beautiful group of folks over on our Discord channel. And how do you get there? Well, support us on Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast. Support us for as little as 50 cents a week. And you will be included in our huge Patreon Discord channel, which is where a lot of the answers and conversations you're going to hear today were actually born from. Yes. But first... Angela has, uh, Mm. I think, a little fact or a factoid. So the way that this podcast is structured, actually the next two podcasts are structured. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) It was too big for one episode. Yeah, it was way too much for one. So we split it into two. That's okay. We've pre-recorded a bit where we've gone through this with Leo and the gentleman. Yes. Spoiler alert again. Yep. So we, we talked about this with them, but basically we had nine questions that we sent out to our Discord listeners, all of our Patreon people. Yep. And we asked them to record their answers and send them in. And then we compiled them all, talked about them, gave our answers. Yeah. Did, did a lot of discussion, some really, really great discussions with Leo and the gentleman about them. And I know that some of the other people who submitted answers as well said that these questions sparked a lot of conversation between them and amongst them as to what they wanted, where they've come from, who they are, who they are as a couple, like it. Some really good conversations from this. Yeah. So that's that's good. That's a good bonus. Woohoo. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah. One question we did not ask in the nine. But ended up being suggested by one of our Patreon supporters. Yes. And we were like, that's brilliant. Let's do a poll. So we did a poll of all of our listeners that are on our Discord chat. And the question is, 
How did you find or first hear about the podcast? Which I think is great. And the options are? With a note that you were allowed to select more than one option as needed. A, interest in swinging in the lifestyle, which was 23.6%. That doesn't sound like our podcast. <laughs> it's almost a quarter of the people finding us <laughs> that way. Uh, that we have interest in bisexuality, which was also 23.6%. Hey, that sounds good. I like that. Look, so, I mean, those are kind of the two main topics we talk about. So that's almost 50% of the people right there. I mean, there. it is part of our ethos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have interest in kink, which was 5.5%. Hey, we are appealing to a couple of kinksters out there. We see you. We love you. We are. Yeah, yeah. You've met us personally which was 14.5% of people. So you've talked to us for like 20 minutes to three hours and been like, I need an hour of Bradford and Angela every week. That's it. All right. Yep. You crazy. I love you. <laughs> we have referral from another podcast, such as Swinging Down Under, Life on the Swing Set. Bedhoppers. Bedhoppers. Yep. Yeah. That was 20%. We love you cunts. Yeah. And recommendation from another listener was 3.6. Hey, look at that. This is it. Look, people, tell your friends. Tell all your friends that you listen to us, the kinky, cunt, fucker, mother, sexy, love ya, bitches uh -huh. podcast. Tell all your family, friends, coworkers. Tell your family. <laughs> Tell your family. That's what you should do. Mm -hmm. uh, we have award status. We have one of few awards. I'm not sure how many people hear about us through that, but you yeah. know. Did anybody? Uh, 1.8, so one person. Hey, thank you. There you go. Thank you, one person. Yep. <laughs> and then other, please describe below, was 7.3. Okay. And so, I mean, the... What are some of these please describe belows? Yeah, so several people commented below as to how they met us. Uh, some were from OSS Pendulum Nights. There was a, I don't know, either A or B, so interest in swinging or interest in bisexuality. Fair enough. I'd never know how I come across podcasts. <laughs> Partner told them about Life on the Swing Set Desire Takeover, so they looked for podcasts about previous trips and found us. Oh, I like it. Because we'd been the year before. Thank you, a mysterious partner. Uh-huh, exactly. Researching bisexual swinger podcasts, so looking for that. Uh, exploring blossoming bisexuality, attending a pendulum party, and then they met us there. Oh, oh wait, that was a gentleman. <laughs> Mate, you don't fucking count. I mean, we love you, but no. God damn it. I mean, it was nice. It was a nice <laughs> way to throw off our numbers. He says, B and D, I was interested in exploring my blossoming bisexuality, attended the second pendulum party where I met Angela and Bradford. They gave me their card with contact details. So of course I stalked them and listened to every episode before we went on our first date together. <laughs> that is true. I still remember our first date together. Yeah. You were in crutches. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of an awkward first day, but that's fine. We made it. Was it. Fine. it was fine. Yeah. Still uh, together five years later. There was someone that came to a successful swinging seminar at OSS. Hey. Given a card. Love it. Let's see what else there was. Uh, Life on the Swing Set podcast, things like that. So just kind of a little bit of everywhere, right? Love it. We've met so many wonderful humans, either from the Life on the Swing Set takeovers mm -hmm. at, at Desire or through Pendulum Party and Our Secret Spot or through our education stuff. It's been such a crazy, awesome, amazing journey that I still sometimes get, it's weird. It's weird. It's always surprising to me. The number of TV appearances, we have had multiple TV appearances because of this podcast. We have marched in Mardi Gras multiple times. We've had numerous articles written about us. Yeah. We've been able to work with different organizations. We did a presentation at ACON for Bisexual Awareness Day. We've done multiple presentations at Sexpo. Mm -hmm. It's kind of overwhelming and exciting but uh it's all in all just great i love it 
it's really good all the opportunities that we've had throughout the journey just to stand up for acceptance and visibility, inclusion, and it's really important to us. And then we're very, very grateful for every opportunity that we have to do so. Yeah. And ultimately, we would not be here without you, our listeners. And it sounds sappy, but we love you, appreciate you. And even if you're not a Patreon supporter, that doesn't matter. The fact that you take an hour or so out of each week to give to us, that's quite the gift. And we definitely, definitely appreciate it. Yes. And more than anything, we very much appreciate and love the gentlemen and Leo. Yes. Because they've been along this ride with us and they... Sometimes, sometimes anyway, keep us sane and in check. They never keep us sane, <laughs> nor do they either of them keep us in check. I will say too, uh, thank you to Angela, who does all of the editing, half, if not more of the research, the patience she has to make us, she cuts out all the uhs, ums, <sighs> I don't know. She cuts out all of those to make me sound smart. She already sounds smart. She doesn't do any of those things, but definitely appreciate every hour that goes into the podcast that you put in listeners at home don't I think appreciate just how much work goes into a podcast so every podcast that's recorded Angela listens to at least once sometimes twice she does editing like I said to cut out all those the empty dead space and yeah so I think for every hour that goes into the podcast she probably puts in at least two more hours beyond that mm. out of the week I don't do that sorry <laughs> it's all Angela. If it was up to me, you would get the raw, uncut bullshit that nobody honestly wants or wants to listen to. <laughs> so a huge round of applause to Angela and the effort that she puts into the podcast. <laughs> all right, all right, down, down. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I do it all for you, dear listeners. <laughs> all for you. Mm. Yeah, I do as well, but I do a lot less for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're the funny one and you keep everyone entertained. Yeah, I try. I try. Yeah. Before we dive into this 300, mm -hmm. 300, my God, every time I say it, it just sounds weird. <laughs> Next pendulum party. When is it? It's March. 25th. 25th. I don't know the fucking day. I know. <laughs> and the one after that is May. 27th. There you go. March 25th, our theme, this is the first themed pendulum party. So if you can come to the pendulum party, please come in costume dressed as the 80s. I mean, I know it's relatively general. Honestly, I just wanted to have a pendulum party where we could listen to things like Like a Virgin and Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go and all that wonderful music from the 80s. <laughs> That's all I really wanted. And so, yeah, we're going to have a pendulum party that is 80s themed. Angela and I both already have what we're going to be wearing because I mean, basically, we brought it from the 80s, and we've yet to throw it away. So there you go. Definitely, definitely come if you can. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. Can't wait. All right. Well, I guess without further ado, anything else you want to say before we dive right into this? Now let's dive into it. Part one do it. of episode 300. And here to help us celebrate episode 300, we have... The ones you've been waiting for. The ones like nobody actually wants to listen to us. They want to no. listen to these two. They want these two. The number of times that these two voices have been requested uh -huh. and we have promptly ignored those requests <laughs> um, is yes. big. Yes. So we have the gentleman. Hello, everybody. And Leo. Hi. <laughs> um, awesome. That's, we have to pause real quick. Cooking uh. hazard. Oh, what was, oh, that was the, boy, nothing. That was the squeaker. 
This is not the first night where someone's removed a choking hazard from the middle for, of the group. From this room. <laughs> from the middle of the circle. Yeah. yeah. Don't suck on that. <laughs> I told you before, don't put that in your mouth. Things you could say in a swingers club and in a nursery. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so as we mentioned earlier, we've had so many questions about who listens to your podcast? Like, what is your target audience? Who listens? Who's out there? And so... Who are these freaks? Yeah. <laughs> I just like that. Wait, who listens to your podcast? So we have the questions that we sent out to our Patreon supporters, our Discord people, but then we also have a little bit of extra information. Yes. So I scoured the interwebs where we post our podcast and found the demographics for our listeners over the last... This is over the last 18 months. So mm-hmm. we'll just assume that this is, they wouldn't let us, they wouldn't let me do a full time. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. So this is, we're going to say this is representative ish. Representative ish. So downloads by device. We're looking at 76% of the people who listen to us listen to us on their mobile device. Understood. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am one of those 76%. Mm-hmm. You're 76 percenter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other, which I'm not sure exactly what that entails, is. Just under 20%. Are those those people that like stand outside and listen, and listen while, we to, oh, while we're podcasting? <laughs> yeah. They're your neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Desktop is 3.61%. Smart speakers, which I love, like oh. Alexa, your, your Amazon Alexas, your Echoes, or your yeah, yeah. whatever, Google devices. That's 0.3%. Wearables. So there are, there were 27 downloads for your watch. So we've come through a wearable wow. or something like that. I love that. You listen to Nothing like being watch. off the wrist, really. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were, yeah, fapping it while they were listening. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But it redefines the term <laughs> cop and a wristy. <laughs> and five people listen to us off of their TV. Five people wow. off their TV. All right. Yeah. Cool. Then, yeah. We have referrals. So what websites mm, do people GP. go to? What? <laughs> From your GP. You go, oh, I've got a sore tummy. They're like, take five episodes of By the By. It wouldn't be your tummy, mate. <laughs> it's gone in too far. <laughs> You're not supposed to use the belly button. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, that joke? Yes. when I was a kid, I honestly thought that you got pregnant by peeing in a girl's belly button. That's how she got pregnant. Jesus Christ. There's That's it. public schooling in Kentucky. <laughs> and when I say I was a kid, I was like 14. Sexual education oh. in the South. Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get your mm-hmm. thumb out of my belly button. It's not my thumb. It's not my fucking belly button either. <laughs> you, want, you want me to stick my, th- my, my tongue in your belly button? I hear that girls like that. <laughs> I don't want to get pregnant. <laughs> Honestly, it, it was very similar to that. Um, anyway. So these are referrals from websites that say, hey, you should listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, our number one is Stitcher by 46%. Uh, so thank you, Stitcher.com. Um, shows.acast.com, which is who we publish on, Amen. is just over 10%. And then Feedspot, 9.12%. Cool. And then a lot of other little things that I'm not going to talk about. Yep. And then downloads by client. So where do you f- download and, and fetch our podcasts? 54% of you get them from Apple Podcasts, just under 12% from Spotify, mm-hmm. and 5% from Podcast Addict, which yep. has been popping up on my... Um, I say, we've had a few Discord people who say they really, really love Podcast Addict. Yeah. So I feel like I need to kind of check this one out. Yeah, it's the yeah. first I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so where are most of our listeners? 56.5% are in the U.S., 
just under 25% are Australians. Uh, Australia. Australia. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> uh, 5.6 from the UK, and then it goes down from there. Canada, because we have a lot of Canadian uh-huh. listeners, we know 5% of y'all are our listeners. Then we have this little interesting tidbit. Within the first seven days of a podcast being produced, which of our podcasts are the most popular? Oh, what episodes sure. are the ones that are the most popular after the first seven days? And then I also have from the first 30 days. Yeah. So the first seven days, the most popular podcast was number 232, Curling Iron Sex. <laughs> <laughs> I could not tell you anything that was said in that episode. And that was only 60 oh, we'll episodes. We'll have to go back ago. and re listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shortly after that was interview with Danica Deep, Desire Resort Comparison, Coming Out Bisexual, yada, yada, yada. I can see the Desire one because people who want to go may want to know, like, which Desire Resort do I want to go to? Yeah. Like Riviera Maya or Pearl? Yeah, but so that's that after be... the first seven days. Okay. I would have thought the Urban Dictionary ones were right up there, but. That's because you were on them. <laughs> um, In fact, we were told never to do those again by multiple oh, listeners. That's something because you rallied the troops. I hate those episodes so bad. We, we did have somebody, what, in the last six months that actually said they liked them and wanted to hear another one? I see. That was one person, though. One. One person in the entire world. Pushed them in front of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that on Urban Dictionary? <laughs> You've been by the bide. <laughs> bye 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 bye. <laughs> so within the first thirty days, the most popular episodes were two twenty one, pegging revisited, mm-hmm. one seventy eight, coming out bisexual, and our old friend two thirty two, curling <laughs> iron sex. Oh god, you sick bunch of you big sick motherfuckers. Mm. So that's what I have. That's awesome. I love it. Oh, so we need to do some more household appliance sex items then. Apparently. <laughs> Curling irons, yeah. flat irons. I think we can do this, yeah. Iron irons. Is it just about <laughs> irons or can we expand to something else? I think we Turkey can basters? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Oh, my God. I think we can extend to other household items and perhaps even other hair product item types of things. Hairbrushes? Yeah. yeah Hairbrushes are good. Mm. Microphones? Let's stay away from the straighteners, oh, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey dumbass they can't see you wink when you it's a pod, it's not a visual medium when, that wink was amazing nobody saw that oh my god is this how this podcast is gonna go looking at what this one does what are you doing i was looking at what 232 was oh so for those out there who are interested the little blurb about 232 which i don't know how much it tells you but maybe something This week, we talk about why we might have homosexual feelings, what we did this weekend, and a bunch of other weird and sexy things. We revisited Sounding with a Gentleman, had a lot of impact play, and a bit of Fox play, too. What a week. So, yeah, that was a big week. There's a lot of good key search words in that, too. You know why? Something tells me y'all were on vacation. No, do you know why? Why? That was November of 2020, so we'd just come out of the first little quarantine lockdown bit. Starting to be able to see each other and do things again. Post lockdown, fuck down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's good. It does sound that that podcast made my whole week, though. (laughs) 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 
no. <laughs> I'm the one that makes the shitty jokes around here. <laughs> no, Bradford, mm. you're the one who presses the buttons. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you want me to push your button? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So do we actually want to, like, get into the questions and what we Oh, yes, asked that oh. we asked our listeners. Okay. So what happened was we pinged all of our beautiful, wonderful human beings that support us on Patreon. And we asked them a series of questions. Mm -hmm. We asked them to record their responses. And uh, here they are. Yeah. And also just for keen listeners, one person did not want to record there. So I did it. So you will hear my voice. It's not actually me. It's their answers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Angela playing somebody else. (laughs) Uh, In tonight's episode, (laughs) the part of blah, blah, blah will be played by Angela. (laughs) Yeah, and so we got a handful of answers to these questions, and not everybody answered every question. That's completely fine. But we will go through and give you our answers, listen to theirs, and we'll have a little discourse and see what we think. Ooh. Are you ready? You betcha. Okay, question number one. How do you define your sexuality? I'll go first. Okay, good. Okay, because you're all kind of thinking. This is, this is a hard one. So I define myself as a bisexual person, queer, generally a lover of all people. Some people might say pansexual, demisexual, blah, 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 whatever. But that just gets to be a lot of words and gets confusing. So I just like to keep it easy with bisexual and queer because that's what most people will recognize in the greater community. Yeah, I'm going to probably duplicate your answer almost verbatim. I like bisexual. Mm -hmm. I mean, the pink, purple, and blue all look good on me. so. (laughs) (laughs) So the flag matches. I have sort of, in, over the last year, I think, sort of really grown to like the word queer as well. But yes. Yeah, because I think that for me, queer encompasses a lot of other parts to me. Yeah. And so I, I, do, I do quite like that word. Yeah, it means the mm. whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes, the whole is greater, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't say a word. There goes that wink again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I would define my sexuality as bisexual, polyamorous, and pansexual. Polyamorous is a relationship style. Is it? That's coming up. Just hold on. Oh, look at there that. Trying to jump ahead. I don't really. I, I don't really. I, I don't you know necessarily what? agree. I identify as polyqueer. That's, oh, that's my identification. Okay. It's oh, not, that's good. It's not. Yeah, I. It's been a few years now where I've. I've made that switch That's from thinking of myself as a queer man as to think of myself as a polyqueer person. Yeah. So does do you use poly, though, there to define your relationships, hierarchy, structure kind of thing? No. Okay. No. I mean, yes, definitely. That I'm in a poly relationship, yeah. of course. That, that, <laughs> that is part of it. But n- no, I feel like there's something more to identifying as something as being poly. Mm-hmm. I could be poly gay, poly bi, poly queer. And okay. I, yeah. I have okay. landed on yeah. poly yeah. queer for myself. All right. Yeah. And I feel comfortable in that. And if someone presses me to put another label on it, I am more and more comfortable with saying that I'm in the bi plus community mm-hmm. and that's only been a really recent thing yeah it's been in the last year that i understood what bi plus means mm-hmm. and what it can mean and the spectrum of it and so i, I feel more comfortable in that place but yeah polyqueer oh, okay i like that okay i'll accept that i'm that- sorry the gentleman tg oh. <laughs> for saying that you god damn it <laughs> so i think it's also a really good point that you alluded to said uh was that 
it is very subjective. So all of these terms, all of these words that we apply to ourselves, yeah. there is a broader general meaning, but also they're all nuanced to us and how we apply mm. them to ourselves. And even as we listen to our listeners' answers, we have to remember that, that they are, it like we can have the same word, but I may think of myself in a different way than you think of yourself when we apply the yes, same word to yeah, it. That, that's why I'm always, I, I don't really like labels too much i understand the necessity for them at times but like you said a, a lot of like the same word can hold very many different meanings to, mm-hmm. to yeah. very mm-hmm. many different people i think a lot of the time we we land on a word because we think others will be comfortable with it yeah um so saying i'm bi plus when i understand what bi plus is and there's a community around it makes that much easier than going i'm i'm queer which when I started to talk about being queer as opposed to being a gay man, that had a challenge to it, particularly from the gay community. Mm. So I landed on polyqueer when I was like, no, that's this, this explains the breadth of who I am, but it's very personal. It's, it's not a community recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. So far. Yeah. Yeah. Give it time. (laughs) You're just ahead of time. That's all. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> a, a sexy market leader. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so let's listen to what our listeners said. I am a solo polyamorous pansexual lesbian slut. I'm bisexual. I'm straight. Queer by pan. Straight male with the right situation. I could be quite curious. Bisexual. I also do enjoy the term queer. Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm very straight presenting. Bisexual, but it's pretty fluid. Sometimes all I can see is a cock in my face and other times not. I call myself bi or pan. Uh, I enjoy choosing from the full buffet of humanity, so whatever term you want to apply to that. Tragically heterosexual, but not aggressively so, in that naked guys are cool. And by the way, Bradford is kind of (laughs) cute. I identify as bisexual. I tend to be much more physically attracted to women and more emotionally attracted to men. I also have vague demisexual tendencies, needing emotional attachment to be physically intimate. But the reverse is even more true. If I have a strong emotional bond with someone, I strongly desire to be physically intimate with them, whether I'm attracted to them or not. I'm bicurious. I would define myself as unfortunately straight. I define myself as bisexual. I consider myself to be straight. It is a great loss for the world. I understand this. <laughs> okay. I think we just need to have a, a moment there that the, the last ones were Mr. and Mrs. H from the Bedhoppers. Oh, I was going to say, I know those voices. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody has recognized those voices out there, they have been on our podcast and they do have their own. But you will hear them pop up. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yes. He is tragically straight. Yes. Uh, having said that, having said that. And I think he is right. The rest of the world suffers for it. It's very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Having said that, I think it's interesting that I think more than one person said tragically straight. Yeah. And not all of them were saying it in jest. I find that both interesting and a little heartbreaking, I think. I don't think you should ever look at your sexuality, your gender, or your relationship structure and be like, mm, I wish I was something else. No, I, I can understand looking at the bi-plus community and particular events and going, hey, I wish I could have that whole experience that's there, but I don't have the 
Oh, fair enough. Uh, an organic connection mm-hmm. to that. I guess. Well, it also, you have to remember, though, that at some of these events and, and in some of these communities, straight people are a little more ostracized. Fair enough. And so while you want to be there as an ally and you maybe want to be part of it, you may not feel comfortable being part of it, I which is the, a shame. The flip side is true, too. You could be in an event where straight is generally the more accepted thing and and if you're a queer man in particular that can be really difficult mm. yeah. that can be something yeah. that's hard to express in that particular place i think it goes both way, both ways mm. yeah, yeah it does, does. does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> my god <Yeah. laughs> oh, well, that's right cuz i mean i've been at play parties where it it is very hetero straight absolutely party, and i feel like i'm hiding in plain sight mm. you know so you are never to, hiding. No, <laughs> no but I, I understand where they say, you know, tragically straight because yeah. if they are, like you said, in, in the play space where people are comfortable mm-hmm. enough to share their sexuality openly with people mm-hmm. in that kind of situ- – in that open play situation and they can see how much fun and enjoyment they're getting out of it, maybe, you know, yeah, okay, they might be tragically straight. But, again, everybody has a beginning to their journey too. Mm. So maybe yeah. it's maybe it's from a point of now I am tragically straight. Tragically so far, straight, so far. Yeah. Or maybe they just are, and that's fine. Well, maybe that's yeah. fine. That's who yeah. they are. Yeah. Also, I really like the slut. Oh I, I wish I thought about that. <laughs> well, I just thought that went without saying. <laughs> For me, of course. I, I feel like everybody who's heard our podcast knows that we all identify as sluts. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's okay. Uh huh. All right, what's up next? Are we ready for number two? You yeah. betcha. Okay. So, number two. How do you define your gender? So, I am a cisgendered female. Yeah, I am a 95% cisgendered male. 5% questioning. I identify as male. Mm-hmm. I was assigned male at birth, and I've been that ever since. Awesome. All right. Well, let's hear what listeners have to say. Cis male. I'm a cis male. Cis woman. I am a gender fluid non binary trans woman. I am a cis male. I feel male, but there are times where I feel very feminine. I identify as female. I identify as male. I would be a cisgendered male. 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 No gender ever really felt like it fit. I recently discovered the term agender, which seems really close. Uh, I still use she, her pronouns. Cis male, he, him, trying to embody healthy masculinity. There you go. I love it. Yeah. I love the trying to embody healthy masculinity. Oh, so we great. need more of that in the world. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So I also find it interesting that while people could choose which questions they answered. This one was very largely answered by the males in the group. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think that might be? Is it it more that we feel like as cis men that we need to answer that question? Right now. Don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Because I don't think a lot of it. What's the difference between cis male and male? It's, oh, well, Mm. mm. It's hard to I think s- I think there's more of a recognition of of what cis male is. Yeah. As opposed to just feeling like you're male. So um yeah. As I understand it, 
and again, this is as I understand it, cisgendered means that it was what you were assigned at birth and that you feel that that assignment was accurate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only a term I learned recently through a colleague assigned male at birth, which I'm very, very comfortable with mm. now. Yeah. It's interesting because I've typically always heard assigned female at birth, I guess being a female, but I've never really heard the term assigned male at birth, but it makes complete and total sense that you would have both. I just had never really heard it until you said that. It was it was when I was talking to a colleague a few months ago and we chatted about our identification and and they turned to me and said I was assigned male at birth, mm. but I am non-binary. I went, ah, okay, I get that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Ready for number three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This is the one that the gentleman's been waiting for. (laughs) What is your current relationship structure? (laughs) So I'm going to start and say that our relationship structure is complicated. (laughs) We are complicated. We are married, non-monogamous, polyamorous, kinky, and open to many things. Okay. That's my complicated. That's yeah. What's what's your what's your relationship structure? My relationship <laughs> I liked it. it's complicated. Because <laughs> um, I think it's great if we have different relationship structures. <laughs> like I would say definitely polyamorous. Mm-hmm. Um I like kitchen table style polyamory. I am yeah, I think I would just stick there. Uh, kinky is it weird that I don't really identify myself as really that kinky? No, not at all. You don't have to. I think I don't, I guess it goes back to what I've always said is one person's normal is another person's. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how about diet kink? Diet kink. No, no, <laughs> I'm not a kink light. Third rate. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar-free kink. Now with more caffeine. Um, kink adjacent. like Bradford would be kink zero. Kink zero. Yeah. I, that probably not. Kink no sugar. I'm diabetic. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to stick with, uh, yes, we're married, but polyamorous. Okay. Cool. Married, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, um, what am I going to say? Polyamorous and, yeah, complicated is good. Polyamorous, non-monogamous, sexy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you are. Yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah, I think. Can confirm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think just non-monogamous, polyamorous. Yeah. Uh, complicated is a very good word, but, it, but it's also just a bit of a catch-all. Yeah, I know. But, it, but, it is, but, but, but if you could have complicated without a negative connotation to it. I yeah. think sometimes. Yeah. yeah, then I could take that. If, if people say, you know, yeah. what's your relationship? Uh, like, oh, complicated. How about, what if we made a new word like awesome-plicated? Awesome-plicated. Awesome-plicated. Because you're awesome, but a little bit complicated. I'm awesome-plicated. See, that's interesting because I don't take complicated with a negative connotation. No, either do I. Oh, I, I do. I take it as uh, there's yeah. just a lot going on. Yeah, that, that's my side of it. There's the, the We're sitting in a room with four people who are very different, yeah. Yeah. who come from different relationship structures, who have to meet in the one place because we have a connection that we really believe in. So I, I, complicated is great. That's great. It's a, it's a really easy way to describe something that's complicated. <laughs> well, the, if it takes more than a minute to explain, it's complicated. Right. It does, uh, touche, it? Yeah. touche. Yeah, maybe like, that's a good... 
Do, do any of you all ever, when somebody asks you about your relationship structure, you just kind of go, <sighs> yeah, okay. I, I've done that. I, you all out there can't see this, but Bradford had this moment where his shoulders went up. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that, and yeah, I've had that. But if someone asks me, and I, I do the inhale yeah. and the think and the exhale, and they go, actually, uh, no, it's complicated. <laughs> just land on that word. Um, like, yeah. Too, too hard to explain to many people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I can't understand it for you, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't think you're capable of understanding it. Oh my god, I'm such a highbrow bitch! Wow, yeah. All right, (laughs) let's hear what everybody else had to say. I'm married to a beautiful woman that doesn't understand or like my bias at times, but I love her. That's all that matters. I'm in a 12 year monogamous relationship, married to a cishet man. I like to refer to ourselves as ethically non-monogamous and maybe with hints of poly light. Diet poly. Well, I'd say that we're married. Oh, of course we're married. (laughs) Oh, see, this is why you're good at these. Oh, okay, thank you. We're married. We're married, but ethically non-monogamous, probably swinger plus in that we like a good social connection. Yeah, don't like random hookups. No. I have one anchor partner that I don't live with. And I have anywhere from three to seven sweeties and friends with benefits, depending on how you count, each of whom have their own networks and their own relationship structures. My current relationship structure is occasionally non-monogamous. Polyamorous, currently unattached, wife still has her boyfriend, but out there also in a generally swingy, open relationship, as well as kinky. Very much enjoying the lifestyle and happy to play. We like spending time with other people and... I think part of it for us is watching the experience the other gets. So we very much play together. Yeah, up for most things, as long as we can share the journey and the experience together. I'm a single Pringle and ready to mingle. (laughs) Married and monogamous. Mrs. Kilt and I have been together for almost 30 years. We've been squished together for so long that we fit just right. I also have some mental illness and emotional vulnerabilities that make monogamy a good choice for me. I like to fantasize about multiple partners, but I'm not emotionally stable enough to actually do it, married or not. We are ethically non-monogamous, definitely swingers, but we almost always play together. Very single, uh, looking... Married, wishing to be more open. I'd say we're a strongly bonded pair with the standing option to play with others should the right opportunity arise. I love some of those answers. Yeah, I do too, and I want to change some of my answers. (laughs) (laughs) I left out the ethically (laughs) non-monogamy. That's right. Because I tried the other one and it didn't work very well. (laughs) I feel like I've kind of left someone out of the conversation, which is my other partner. Yeah. Not yeah. Here to kind yeah. of answer yeah. all of this. Yeah. The but silent partner. The, the, the silent partner. <laughs> I mean, the silent and strong type. It's like, it really the, like the Batman's Oracle. He's an Oracle? Yeah. He's always like on the computer and, and he'll contact you and tell you where the bad guys are. Isn't that Alfred? No, no, no. The, wasn't it the Oracle? I, I don't yeah, want my Oracle. husband to be Alfred. Oracle. No, not Alfred. Alfred was the <laughs> butler. <laughs> the Oracle was the Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And the Joker, spoiler alert, yeah, breaks her back. Really and she becomes... On DC. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. She was like a computer genius. And she, and she was like... Commissioner. Does she become the Commissioner? Yeah. Oh, there you go. See? Mm. 
Yep. Anyway. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> we and, do. and back to the subject at hand. <laughs> yes. What, DC versus Marvel? Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, and I left out Kinky as well. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm pretty kinky. I left out Swinger. I left that swing off. Yeah, there's a lot of sh- yeah. When you put your, in the, when you get put on the spot, <laughs> this you're is, right. You're right. It is complicated. This, <laughs> but the problem is, all of this shit won't fit on our business cards. <laughs> yeah. That's what QR codes are for. That's right. Yeah, it'd be easy just direct to a website, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. Oh my god, oh. we should just do that. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Yes. I, I do like some of those. Uh, mm. My favorites are, of course, the jokes. The single Pringle ready to mingle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cracked me up. Never considered myself a Pringle in no. any situation before, have... but now I'm like, yeah, eat me up. It makes sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Yeah, I am full of MSG goodness. Come get it. Grease your hand and shove it down my tube to grab my <laughs> last. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Or just tip it up and put your mouth at the hole and then let, let the goodness open thing. wide and let the goodness come into your mouth. Salty. Is this sour cream and onion? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So to, to, to bring the conversation back a bit. Sorry. Yes, ma'am. Boys. Uh, to bring the conversation back a bit, the two that I really liked uh, were the one about their sweeties. I love that they referred to them as their yes. sweeties. Mm, me too. Yeah, like, that was, that was yeah, and that, that tells you their part and their meaningfulness, and I love that. Uh, and then I also like the one where there was the emotional vulnerability and the recognition that, that I like the idea of this, and it's a great fantasy, but I know that I can't do it. So just having that awareness of yourself and what you can and can't do, that is that takes a lot of strength to, to do that and to admit that. And yeah, agreed, it does. Yeah. Just to recognize and live it. Mm. That, mm. that can be hard if yeah. you're in a, in a space and you're engaging with people and communities that are more open or it can even put pressure in, yeah. in those places. Mm-hmm. That's it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agreed. really like it's that. It's a bit sexy. <laughs> <laughs> mm, show me your emotional <laughs> vulnerability well, just just to have the courage to share that fantasy with your partner yeah, yeah. have it be a fantasy but yeah. the, the sharing is is the strong part you know i think that's really great yeah agreed yeah for sure hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, number four. Ready for this? How one? many were there in total? Nine. There's nine. 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 Yeah. Number four. Four. Where did you lose your virginity? To my hand in the shower <laughs> at my aunt's condo <laughs> using shampoo. <laughs> it burned when I peed. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, that's, 
So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave my virginity to my boyfriend at the time. We were in the front seat of a Dodge Neon in a cornfield. Hashtag American South. Oh, wow. In a cornfield. Cornfield, yep. Pulled off the side huh? of the road in a cornfield. You're getting a whole John Williamson soundtrack just like playing <laughs> yeah, over the yeah. top. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a lot of sex in fields. Build it and they will come. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Build it then what? she will come. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And she did. <laughs> Shocker. Oh, my God. Uh, so just to clarify, my first time with another human was with my then uh, girlfriend in the bed that I had from the time I was like six. Nice. It was a twin bed. At your parents' house? At my parents' house. Were your parents home? No, they were not. Okay. Oof. I was just curious. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and you, you kinky motherfucker. Uh, okay, so it was in the middle of Australia's, I think, hottest summer. It was like 47 degrees Picture outside. It. <laughs> um, it was with my girlfriend at the time. It was on like a pleather lounge. Every time I moved, it was like. <laughs> you know what you were missing? And I know you were inexperienced and didn't know. You just needed a lot of lube to make it a slip and slide. Oh, yeah. But um, if you had put oil on it, you might have fried. Um, however, there was another couple having sex on the floor in front of the lounge at the same so time. So the first time you had sex was a group sex situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the awkward silence from explains- people who are generally in group <laughs> sex situations. This is but, awesome. But it explains so much. It took me a lot longer to get to group sex. I did not do it straight out. I was not smart enough to do it off the bat. Agreed. Well, I don't think it was planned. It just sort of happened that way. And 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 for half of it, I think I made severe eye contact with the other lady that was on the floor. <laughs> severe? Severe, was, severe was eye contact. Because it was like, well, why, why are you looking at me? And I'm like, well, why are you looking at me? You look away. You look away. No, you do it first. I ain't losing this staring contest. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Give me a minute. Oh. All right, you win. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, okay, it was, it was, it was really, yeah, it was, it was a strange. Mm. It is very strange. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you know, it, and and there's always that because you know it, it's that build up of oh wow I've just had sex, mm. and I remember going to the toilet, taking the condom off, just thinking, was that it? <laughs> I wore two condoms. <laughs> Did you? Because I was terrified of pregnancy. Because again, I thought that if you peed in a girl's belly button, she got pregnant. <laughs> uh, up until like, what did you think of a vagina? Uh, up until like six six minutes uh, before this, yeah, that's uh, and then, but I was so afraid of, yeah. But also, it's the same like you know Kentucky schooling in that there's very bad anatomy lessons, and so he thought the belly button was a little further down than it actually was. <laughs> I was going to say like, Brad, Bradford's pumping away, he's like, I can't wait to get on the belly button. <laughs> I'm really worried about the, this the, is good the, the few months after that where he's like, clitoris, belly button, clitoris, belly button. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend at the time had her uh, clit pierced. <laughs> Find out like later it was her belly button. <laughs> That's a belly button piercing. Anyway, but she had an Audi, not the car, like the any. <laughs> Say. Like, like a belly button innie in an Audi, so uh-huh. I thought that was her clit for a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does this do it for you, baby? 
That's maybe right. that's why she didn't right. like oral sex. I'm sorry, Leo. Mm. I'm. I'm. <laughs> uh, it was a bunk bed. Uh, Top bunk or bottom? <laughs> you, you, wait, but, you lost your virginity to the bunk bed? <laughs> no, uh, I lost my virginity to it. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, <laughs> it was a male-on-male situation, yeah. uh, and it was in Germany, and I was quite young at the time. Was I, it at a hostel? It was not in a hostel because I'm a classy bitch. <laughs> uh, we know. <laughs> thank you very much. It was in a park. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> what kind of bunk? What kind of bunk bed is in a park? Yeah, like I'm like, are you moving your beds in the park? Is this a thing? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I had a thing in Europe for a time when I was a very young man. So yeah, eighteen in Europe uh, in a bunk bed. And uh, yes, it was a hostel. You bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why are you so hostile? <laughs> because it was a hostel taken over by a particular group that I was working for at the time. So it wasn't quite so public and Ooh. dirty as you think it was. So it wasn't like all unknown people kind of thing? No, okay. not at all. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And then, and then yeah, nothing cool. for several years after until I had a proper boyfriend a few years later. Nice. Um, and that was very boring. It was a very vanilla bedroom mm. situation. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's hear what everybody else had to say. Virginity is a social construct. I lost my virginity under a bridge bunking off psychology class okay. when I was in sixth form college. It oh. wasn't a nice experience. Was it not? I should have gone to psychology mm. in hindsight. I lost mine in a girlfriend's house on a bed. It was um, mercifully <laughs> brief, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Under a damp suburban bridge on the north side of Canberra of all places. Inside of a vagina. In a bed. I lost my virginity when I was 15. I actually rollerbladed to her house. That's how long ago it was. And I stopped off for condoms along the way, but did not end up paying for them because I was so embarrassed. I still feel guilty about that today, but also possibly a reflection on the guilt and shame of our sexual education in the 80s and 90s. It was in my girlfriend at times, friends basement on pull-out couch after her prom. We were staying over a friend's house and the world's worst awkward sex in their spare bedroom. I was on the couch. We were teenagers. My girlfriend at the time was in the spare bedroom and I visited them and we must have made a lot of noise and it was like the worst sex ever. Of course, to my wife. In a hotel in Jeju-do, Korea, to a sex worker, my dad purchased for me. <laughs> Exciting. Virginity is a construct. Uh, which virginity are you talking about here? Because you could make the argument for two different dorm rooms in Southern California, or for my current bedroom in Seattle. I didn't lose it at all. I gave it to someone I loved. I mean, come on. How good were those? Yeah, some of those were pretty good. I have to say that hearing you all have a little moment, I don't know, there was, mm-hmm. there's a lot to those answers that mm-hmm. I really agree with. Mm-hmm. There's different kinds of losing your virginity, and I, I definitely identify with that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I've got a couple more cherries still to pop. To be honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a yeah. podcast where I popped a few cherries uh-huh. with you. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also love, I mean, just to call a few of them out, the virginity is a construct. We had a few people say that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love the witch virginity. Like, like you said, Leo, like, I mean, that's just absolutely correct. There, it, yeah, but that kind of goes along with the whole construct thing. Yeah. And then yeah. I love the one that's, you know, I didn't lose it at all. I gave it to someone I loved. I mean, oh, how sweet. It, so I do struggle with the virginity as a construct. I'm going to admit. Why? Uh, pop, uh, unpopular opinion. <laughs> um, sure. Like, I get what you're saying. Virginity is a judgment, isn't it? No. it's a For me, yeah, maybe for some people, but for me, it's a rite of passage. It's a... Something different that you're doing. I mean, granted, like other things are very similar. Like the first time I tried caviar and the first time that I, I was in an airplane. Yeah, but you did climax while you did it. I mean, how do you First time it? I was in an airplane, I did. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. But I mean, like, I guess what I'm saying is that. But it is that rite of passage a, that you can then become an adult. You're now an adult. I don't think that. You don't think I don't think that once you have sex, you're an adult. God, no. I don't think I was an adult until. Uh, what Last year is it? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and trust me, COVID re- reversed some of that mental aging. Um, but I don't think that you're an adult once you have sex. I think that, but I still think it's a, it's a certain rite of passage that for many communities um, and many cultures throughout time has been an important rite of passage. In some cases, it means you're an adult. In some cases, it means you can now be a leader in the communities. In some cases, it means you can now have a family or you are part of a family. Mm. I just, the I think the problem with virginity is the way the conservative right uses the word. They use it as a weapon. Mm. Um, oh, I and think it's, I think it's, I think that it's a um, rite of passage. I, I totally agree. Rite of passage is one way to view it, and it's it can be healthy if you see it that way. But I also see virginity and the construct of it as a method of control um, and a method of judgment. It's not so much for men, but yeah. very much so for women. Absolutely um, on the judgment. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, 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 it, and then it affects who you are in your societal structure, depending on what that is. Yeah. I have lots of problems with that personally um, because I feel like I've lost my virginity a few times. I don't feel like I did it in the first time that I had a penetrative sex or some sort of sex. I think I strongly agree with that, that you've that I have lost my virginity uh, uh, in several right. several ways. And there's still more ways because I it's, can lose it's it. A, it's an avenue of my sexual journey that mm. it's a starting point. I, I, that's how I see that's how I define the word as virginity. It's a starting point of my sexual journey now. And that has led down many different branches and each branch that opens up, that's another virginity save point. I don't know. Ooh, I have a quest for you. Well, there is. I thought, I thought we were being very serious and I was going to say deep thoughts by the gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to the save point. <laughs> so save point or touch point. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Or, yeah. or you can look at it as a vine. Your sexuality is a vine. And every time you do something different and exciting, it's a, it blossoms into a flower. Now you may love the way that flower smells and how that flower makes you feel, but sometimes you're just glad to be flowered. I'm sorry. There's also there's also stinky flowers out there. Right. Yeah. The corpse flower blooms only a hundred yeah, once every hundred years. Still haven't lost that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how I said okay. yet. <laughs> I think virginity is loaded. Yeah. I do agree. Yeah. But it yeah. still it needs to be something. And I, it still bugs me when I watch. 
popular cultural products or things where virginity is an issue. I find it surprising in 2021, 22, that I'm still watching programs or plays or I'm engaging with cultural products that make virginity a thing of embarrassment or an issue. And in particular, if you're not a cis man, that there's a thing around it. It's surprising that I'm in my mid-40s and I'm still watching the same message. Yeah. Yeah. But I still argue that it has to be special. We need to make it special. Not that virgin, losing your virginity for the individual, because it's something that you can, I guess, and I say this about everything. I think this is about everything is you can only do something first once you only get one first chance to do it. And this is coming from somebody who says that I have to do things multiple times in order to determine whether or not I like them. But I still think that the first time that you do anything is kind of special. The first time I try a wine, I'm like, mm, that's nice. I don't know. I think, I don't know, or is that I think special? The, the first time you're allowed to fuck it up. Well, yeah, I didn't say yeah. it has to be perfect. So that's also interesting because so many people, their first time. Was under a bridge, apparently. Apparently. Yeah, there was a lot of bridges. Apparently bridges are popular. Uh, All of our listeners are trolls. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> but, but a lot of people say, like, you know, their first time wasn't great, blah, blah, blah. And so but it's a learning curve, right? Like, nobody knows what the hell they're doing the first time they have sex because I would say, by and large, most of us didn't have good sex education or any communication with people adults or people who said this is how it is this is what you should do and even so you're never prepared you're never really prepared till you're in that situation no it's so it's not going to be good and and we say the same thing and one of the reasons why we don't go into the swinging lifestyle with a one and done kind of attitude is because the first time we play with a couple it's never quite as good as subsequent times because you're learning each other you're learning boundaries there's a you know is this okay do I want to do this and whether you're verbalizing it or if it's an internal monologue like there's always that bit of awkwardness as to I'm not sure if this is right or not or if I'm doing this is, is it good do they are they enjoying it and what's good for me and so there's always that bit of awkwardness with the first uh-huh. time and that's with couples that's with first time when you lose your supposed virginity and I, I think it's okay to for that not to be okay yeah not to be I, great. I think it's okay for it to be exciting and fresh and new and sometimes totally shit <laughs> and a little bit yeah. disappointing and a little bit disappointing yeah mm. i think you know my I mean, first I mean, time when i was finished it was it was like oh okay wow am i supposed to feel different now and then all the emotions and thoughts going through your head and what society tells you you're meant to feel now and like is is there do i get a, a badge or something now or what's you know <laughs> because that's what it was it's built up like that isn't it no, it's, it's, it's it built is up like, yeah. oh, once yeah. you've yeah. once you've lost your virginity it, it's this whole new thing for you and you still go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning and nothing's changed. The truth is you walk away, you haven't changed really. Except I would say for me, I think there was a change. Yeah, she limped for like two days. (laughs) No, it was that this was a thing growing up in a religious household. This was a thing that you don't do. You you know, you don't have sex until marriage, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's a mental change. There is. There is because I had sex before marriage and it was like, oh, well, that's done. Okay, let's do it again. Like now there's no block. There's nothing to stop me from doing it because I've now done it. And so there's no more of that shame. There's no more of that. Oh, you shouldn't be doing this. Oh, you can't do that. I've done it. Well, apparently I'm going to hell. So I'm just going to keep doing it. So yeah, for for me, it was almost a permission space that now I've done it. I can keep doing. Mm. I never had the block because I grew up in a dual religious household. So there was no overriding moral ethical structure Mm. besides don't be an asshole. 
That sounds nice. Treat people yeah. like you want to treat them. And uh, so I didn't have the guilt response to yeah, sexuality. Right. Yeah. It's, I had to kind of figure out what I wanted first. Right. Um, so I took a long time to do that. I, then there was more shame, I think, in taking longer than my contemporaries where my peers were to get to the, a sexual point. But I personally felt like I needed to take longer to do it. Everyone else was playing around at 15, 16, 17. I was like, actually, no, that's not where I am. I'm going to do something else during that time. I took a lot longer. There was a lot of shame heaped on taking longer to lose your virginity. I didn't have to lose anything. I just wanted to do it when I wanted to do it. You know, I I felt the same thing growing up. I went to an all-boys Catholic school and it was very much like it was a race to the finish line. Right, it really was, yeah. yeah. And a lot of my friends were 15, 16 when they lost their virginity. I, I was 18 when I lost my virginity. And I didn't really I, – I have never really caved into peer pressure in, in that type of scenario. Never really stressed me too much. But, yeah, because my household was quite Catholic and there was all that guilt and everything associated with it. So I kind of waited because of that – guilt or because of that pressure from the religious side of things. Um, but then once it happened, it was like, well, yeah. Mm. They had this it. weirdly yeah. opposite side of it where they had parents who were like, go do the thing, fuck around, do the drugs, do the drinking, do the things you need to do, be a teenager, do all the things in the modern world. Uh-huh. And I didn't do any of it. Oh. <laughs> you like, you yeah. rebelled by not rebelling. That's great. Kind of, yeah. 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 I, I will say as well, just to touch back on our listeners, I do love the – father who bought his son a sex worker yeah did did yeah. i just want to ask did any of us have that offer from a uh, okay. are you no. kidding i did well, are you serious yeah yeah in fact all all up that there's myself and two other siblings we're all male all cis men um, and we all had the offer did any of them take it up no none of us did oh, interesting up. yeah all right yeah, I'm just, that amazes me. Is it still on offer? Just <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, I don't look back you at it get with any shame or weirdness. It's kind of no. like I kind of like the fact that I had a, a a figure in my life who was like, "Look, this is this is the thing that's open to you. If you want to do this, if this is the way you want to yeah. experience it, here's a safe place to yeah. do it." There's and that's how it was explained to me about, about it. it. And that's the the fun thing is that the three of us went. Actually, no, we'll just go figure it out on our. I'm but thanks. It's interesting. Yeah. I love that. It's like, it's so practical. Yeah. Like it's talking again about age. I was 20 or 21. I was old and I was the same man. What did that? And did that have something to do with being uh, raised because, Catholic? And my, and our biggest fear because you know, 21 is the drinking. No, no. we were both sober when it happened, but my parents didn't care if I was drinking. They didn't want me to have sex. Right. The biggest fear was pregnancy. That was the only thing that stopped us for five years. Because we started dating when we were 16, 17, somewhere around there. And the only thing that stopped us from uh, from having sex was the fear of pregnancy. Because you know as soon as you have sex once, you get pregnant. Exactly. Well, yeah, you don't yeah. want to get semen in a belly button. That's right. <laughs> that was my thought. It was like, there's belly buttons in the South. It gets crusty. They get, they're all crusty, man. <laughs> so we're almost halfway. Are we ready for number five? You betcha. Do it. Briefly. 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 <laughs> Briefly. Have you met us? Uh, yeah. What is your most memorable sexual moment? So I can, I'll start this while you all think. So off the cuff, I would say that it was that New Year's Eve at OSS. Because to me, that's one of those like iconic 
puppy play sessions that went for like six hours in the room at the swingers club. It was just so beautiful. Everybody coming in, playing the movements in and out to get snacks, to get water. Like it was just such a great evening. And we've talked about it on the podcast before, yeah. so I'm not going to go into a lot more here. Initially, that's my very first thought. However, when I kind of really dive deep in a bit more, there's another moment that we have talked about, but we, it doesn't come up really ever since, but it was a time when Bradford, you were in Fox mode and we're doing Fox play stuff. And then we went down to the bedroom and we never really have sex when you're doing your Fox stuff. Like this was the first time that you were a Fox and we had sex. And it was just that it was that animalistic sex between us and just that that connection, that moment and that just the rawness of that. And you being in Fox mode, not being verbal. So you couldn't say anything, which is beautiful. Um <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> but but also, like, I think one of the other things that really stands out from that to me was not just the connection between us and in the play and how that went, but how heightened your senses were because the gentleman was supposed to be coming over. You thought you heard him, but I don't think it was actually him at first. It was somebody out in the hallway, which was on the other end of the apartment, you know, down the hall, whatever. So it was a bit away. I didn't hear a fucking thing, uh -huh. but he heard... You know, Bradford heard something and it was like, oh, is that? And I went and looked and it wasn't you. And then when you got there, he knew that you had gotten there. But it was just like all of his senses were really heightened. And I really, there's something I like about something primal about that that I really like. So that that's not, yeah, that, that wasn't the first first thing that came to my mind. But then I was like, what are other, because there's been so many memorable moments. Let's be honest. There's been a lot. Yeah. But that's, I think it's because it is so different that it really stood out for me. I defer to go last. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when, I when have I, a reason. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, you want to hear everyone else's answer. No, it's my podcast. That's the reason. <laughs> uh, ours. When, when I think about that, and again, yeah, there are so many, but but there are a few that stand out in my mind. And when I go back and look at maybe one of the first, it's strange because it wasn't my first threesome because that was more of a, like you say, Bradford – I tried it and there were a lot of things that weren't, um, not perfect, but weren't, I was just so unfamiliar with how the dynamic worked. I knew I liked it, but my second threesome that I had, I'll always, I, I can still picture her laying on the bed blindfolded and I've just pounced on her with her partner. and. That was, for me, something that I will always remember. So that was a very memorable moment. I think the same as yours, Angela, there was that New Year's Eve party mm. and there was there were eight of us or ten of us in, in on the double beds at OSS. Yeah. And I remember the – and it's funny because the actual sexual experience itself is a bit of a blur, but I, I remember walking out as a group – into this, into the daylight in the morning, and the following day, just the the way I felt the following day is what I remember most. It was I just felt so I was complete that day. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's funny. It's not really the 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 sexual act that I can remember. It was it was how I felt afterwards with everybody. And I remember the the, the Uber ride home. <laughs> you know, it was that's. The feeling that I can remember, it was just that, oh, wow, yes, you know, I just felt great. Yeah. 
Leo, do you have one for this? Oh yeah, we're all we're all staring at Leo, and he's like, "Is it my turn?" I don't have a story. Um, (laughs) Have to. I don't know. I there's lots of memorable first sexual moments or big sexual moments, and over a big spectrum of time, I think the big ones are the things you you sort of tick off your first bucket list. I feel like there's several bucket lists before you get to the end. Um, My first orgy is. Very memorable. My first dark room, really memorable. My first sauna, (laughs) really memorable. Yes. And all for those same sort of reasons, the way I felt afterwards, the way I felt in that moment, uh, the realisation I could let go or or give in or let myself over to something. All of those moments are very big for me. And I, I feel like they haven't ended. I feel like I've got more coming. Yeah. Yeah. I can't pick one in particular. I wish I could. Yeah, you don't have to. I I just remembered one at Desire in the dungeon room getting electrocuted. Uh (laughs) Uh, That was just something that... I mean, electrocuted is a strong word. Sorry, yeah, it was electrocuted. Not from the sound. And there's a point where I can remember I felt myself just... uh, The whole session just felt like it was building, building, building... And uh, I felt my whole body resisting and then there was a point where I gave in and let go and I think at that point I burst into laughter mm-hmm. <laughs> and my whole body was just released and uh, it was it was amazing. And the whole atmosphere and, and everyone in the room and the sounds and the, the, you know, the cracking of the whip happening on the St. Andrew's Cross behind me. There was <laughs> wax play going on next to me. There was people getting tied up in the corner and I was just in this ecstasy of pain and thrill and it was just amazing. That was really good. So the reason I wanted to go last was I was afraid that I was going to be the only one who had an answer similar to Leo and TG's over here. You're now TG because I'm not going to say the gentleman every goddamn time. Uh, And that is that a lot of my, I can't, I don't have a specific sexual moment, but I have moments within moments that were these magical things that like, I still remember the first time that Angela and I had sex as awkward as it was. That was amazing. I did too. It was amazing. Everything about that was a perfect night. I remember the first time that we went away with TG mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Angela getting up and going and like it's these flashes of memories. I remember the first kiss that Leo and I shared on a fucking street corner. It may have not been the first kiss, but it was the first one that like there was magic in it. And like, I remember the street corner and I remember catching the bus or whatever. I don't remember. I remember a blur. I don't even remember how I got home. Um, Doesn't matter. I remember the fact that you spun around three times afterwards. I was was like walking down the street. There was something back and you were still in that corner. There's something magic about it. Like there, I don't, I can't a certain, what the French call a certain je ne sais quoi. Uh, The, the, the night that we were talking about the new year's Eve. I don't remember the night at all. I remember the sunrise from Hyde Park as Angela and I were in such a euphoric state that we walked from OSS to Winyard. <laughs> like we were, it was euphoria. 
I remember going to Desire for the first time and being oh, so yeah. nervous to meet these people that I looked up to so much. I remember the first time that I found what Fox Mode was and the feeling that I got, not from being in Fox Mode, but for being supported by the people around me to allow me to feel that way. I think... Th- a lot of my sexual feelings are more gratitude. All of my memorable sexual feelings are more gratitude for the people who I shared them with rather than for my own actual feeling. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. And they're not all sexual They're but they're sex adjacent. Sex adjacent. <laughs> but I think something that we've all kind of touched on and shared is that it's there. First of all, we're lucky enough to have had so many moments that have touched us that much and that are very memorable and that we've had so many great moments in our lives and that's that's something not everybody gets and so we're very lucky for that but also it's the feelings that we get from it and it's you know when you take those snapshots and you take a moment to just kind of sit up and look around and be like what's going on it's like wow this is amazing and how does it make me feel and who's here to share it with and it's a bit of all of that it's, it's a lot of it's goofy. Me is uh, catching Mr. H's eyes for the first mm-hmm. time from across the cafe at fucking yes, Desire. Yes, Just his fun. expression and then realizing who he was and who she was and being like immediately in love. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of I, moments. I remember um, being part of a large orgy group with a certain somebody standing up in the middle of the bed. Welcome to Fucktopia. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> I remember uh, I have a lot of memories welcoming people to Fucktopia. Many yeah. Fucktopias. And on that note, let's hear what everybody else had to yes, say. Yes, please. I got to say, when I first read that question, it was the first time I walked into a sex club and just all this stuff was going on around me. And my head almost exploded with too much input as I sat there holding my drink, yep, shaking. Um, you could hear the ice in the glass um, saying, wow, this shit's real. Probably when I was doing one of my first proper SNM scenes with someone and she was in a bedroom completely naked and she was on a bed facing a wall and this wall was basically just one big mirror the whole wall was just a massive mirror and i had her touching herself while she stared at herself in the mirror and i just sat there and just watched i didn't do anything i just watched and that meant a lot because usually you know when you masturbate you do it for you but she was doing all of that for me and that was so hot I don't know. I've seen many. I think for ones. me, it was going to the Star Trek the, party. The Borgie. The as we've dubbed That's it. That's probably the most memorable. However, I'm also pleased to say that one of my fondest memories is of being in Desire with Angela and Bradford and the gentleman yeah. in the same room. Oh, gosh, that was hot. Because that was hot it was, and fun. And it also was hot hilarious. because it was Mexico. Yeah, but... But also hot because it was fucking hot. Yeah. Like, hot. 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 Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> For my 32nd birthday party, my lovers and my close friends blindfolded me and cut my boy clothes off before having their way with me and with each other. We're always trying new things, so it's really hard to choose. Just withheld from me being able to come for the best part of a full weekend and she took me to the edge I don't know how many times over that weekend and was awesome it just got me so amped up and when I finally was allowed to thank you holy shit that was just incredible and we were doing it all over the house just the passion the tension that that built was fucking awesome 
And for me, the the emotion and the genuine gratitude in your voice when I when leaned over and whispered to you, you know, you can come now. Like you just were so fucking grateful. Oh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was freaking um, excellent. And, you know, for me, one of the more recent memorable experiences, again, was about something similar one morning and I brought you to the edge in quick succession three, four, five times before I let you come. But I just, it was a situation where I felt like I read your body perfectly and I knew exactly the second to stop. And each time I said, all right, we're going to go around again, you were between excitement that maybe I might let you come this time and almost like, oh, again, I don't know if I can do it again. (laughs) There was this one instance we were at OSS and, well, we are very much play together. Uh, I was waiting for the to go to the toilet and just standing there and there was a girl standing waiting for the finish so she could go in and she said, hey, while we're waiting, do you mind if I give you a blowjob? And I yelled out, hey, is this okay? And she went, yeah, that's fine. Knock yourself out. And it was the most random experience and fucking funny as fuck. I was once late for a gangbang because I was at another gangbang. I remember waking up one morning and a female acquaintance had texted me asking me if I could take the day off work and spend it with her. I knocked on the door. She called on me to come right upstairs. And she met me at the bedroom door with a and a sheer vest of some sort and nothing else. We proceeded to have the best, most involved marathon session of sex going all the way from 8 o'clock in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon. Paused only once for coffee snack and kept going. Uh, it was the best sex day I've ever had. My most memorable sexual moment was the time my girlfriend tore a bolted headboard out of a cheap motel wall for me going down on her. Well, I was with a lady and I got orgasmed in her and then went down on her until I got hard again. She was pretty appreciative of uh, my efforts and it was extremely fun. Probably the very rare times I've done anal with Mrs. Kilt. It's not a comfortable thing for her, but we've managed it a few times, the most memorable of which was coming in her ass in an outdoor shower in broad daylight at a beach house. All the stars and planets aligned that day. For now, it's been being paid by my wife. <laughs> very hard and very good. All I remember, my legs were shaking, so I know it was good. Probably just being at swingers parties with my partner, not even playing with anyone per se, just enjoying each other and looking around and seeing all the writhing bodies and everyone, just the the openness of all the bodies enjoying each other. Okay, I have to say, (laughs) the the look on the gentleman's face when the person said that they got a blowjob while waiting for the bathroom at OSS, he was like, holy shit, that's a thing. Why has no one offered that to me? That's an option. I love the the all the stars in the sky. Like that all person the, sounds like David Attenborough yeah. and I love it. All the stars in the sky aligned. It's kind of a beautiful like I kind of want that to be like I want him to read my eulogy. I I would I take so my sexual goal for 2022 uh-huh. is being invited to a borgie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. It actually does sound good. Oh, my God.
I love it. Um, I forgot to mention the my 40th birthday party. Yeah. Oh, yes. Which was splashing. Yes. I, that, it was one of my thoughts on the favorite sexual moment thing. I had never experienced anything like that. Me neither. That and it's still one of those things I that I look back and go, that, that was weird and amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I want to do that again. That was so good. And I've, I've me, had the chance too. Like, can we not do it again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think for me it was just because while we all thought it was going to be sexual in nature, it wasn't. It was just adults letting everything go and being fucking children for a while. Oh, yeah. It was playful. Yeah. It was purely it let was your playful. inner child out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was still sexy. I, can't, I, oh, I yeah. won't deny that. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I think I felt more breasts in that one evening <laughs> than I have in most evenings at any of the clubs. But, but it you was know, fun. Yeah. 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 There was a real permission in it was great. being a kid yeah. in an yeah. adult space. I still say we need to allow ourselves to play more. We don't do that nearly I enough. I totally agree. Ugh. Okay, and on that note, I know it was a little sudden because, you know, we're basically like in the middle of discussing these things. We got through five questions. Yes. How many more do we have? Four. Oh. And yeah, I think we did pretty good. A lot of great discussion with Leo and the gentleman. And it was so good to hear our listeners' answers out there. And I just, I love the variety of answers and just, yeah, it just warms my heart. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Look, again, this podcast would not exist without our listeners. And it's such an honor to get your voices as part of our podcast and the people out there who, who will hear you speak and hear you represented. It's, that's not a small thing. So definitely, definitely thank you so, so very much for all of the folks who support us on Patreon, for all of the folks who contribute to the conversations that we have on Discord, for all of the emails, all of the tweets, all of the messages we get on all of our social medias and emails. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But again, this is only part one. Next week, we will have part two. In the meantime, if we've sparked a conversation in your head and you want to spit it our way, you can message us like we've already told you via Discord, or you can email us, theatomsoflove at gmail.com, or hit us up on any of our socials, that's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We are at By the By Podcast. Yeah, check out our website as well, www.bythebye.com.au, and you can even message us through there via the contact page. Anything else you'd like to add before uh, we sign off today? Thanks for sticking around for this episode and join us next week for the rest. You betcha. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.